Welcome to Flow with Armand Asadi. What is good, my beautiful people? So, I've been thinking a lot about something. What we're going to cover today is conspiracy theories. How to think about them. How to properly evaluate them. And this is not going to be like anything um, on this topic that I think you typically find on the internets. Because typically... Anything to do with conspiracy theories only inflames the conspiracy theory or dives into it or gives you reasons to believe in the conspiracy theory or gives you reasons to absolutely not. And that's not what this is. This is about how to evaluate a conspiracy theory. Now, a quick bit of context and a couple announcements and then we'll dive in. First of all, I'm building a new studio. I'm very excited about that. So YouTube is going to be like the primary thing here. And video is going to be a huge thing in general. And I'm very excited about that because... Let me make sure my volume's... Yep. Very excited about that because I think it's time. We're, what, 60 or so episodes in. And uh, this has worked great so far. And I think people have really been enjoying video. And it's a way to really connect with you more deeply. And um, yeah, I just love YouTube. <laughs> YouTube is like the greatest thing ever. So I'm really going to invest in this. I'm spending a lot on getting the best equipment. I'll have a really nice high quality camera, DSLR with some really good lighting. So I'm very excited about that. So to support, just make sure you're subscribed to the channel, Armand Asadi. Go YouTube, Armand Asadi if you're not watching it there right now. And just hit subscribe. Uh, that That is a great way to support. Also on the audio side, make sure you subscribe to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening. Now the context. Here's the deal. I am not a what you would call a conspiracy theorist at all. I'm probably more on the other side, but I'm trying to stay balanced. Um, I'm trying to stay balanced as, as with all things, trying to find the narrow path. Here's where I'll say, just so you have the context, I think it's very important that you have the context of who is speaking and what perspective they are speaking from on this topic. When I was in college, there was a documentary called Zeitgeist. You may remember it. Zeitgeist was basically a conspiracy theory documentary that had three parts to it. And each part should be looked at separately, actually. If you ever end up going and referencing this, or even just as we're talking about it right now, I believe the first part was on religion. The second part was on the financial system. And the third part was about 9-11. And each of those three parts was broken down in a very convincing way about how there's this huge conspiracy for each one of those. Religion, the way in which... It, let, let's leave that aside. That's not the point. The point is I actually thought that I, I still to this day believe that the arguments laid out around religion were very rational, very logical. The arguments laid out around the financial system were more extreme. And the arguments laid out around 9-11, depending on who you're asking, were extremely extreme and very conspiracy oriented and basically how it was all fake and uh, coordinated. And I personally think 9-11 was completely real. Uh, I, I think that there was a real enemy and that we didn't do this to ourselves. I think that's, there's not enough evidence to support that. Um, oh, I'm getting it down. I, that's not the purpose of this video. The purpose is to say, I watched that. At that time, uh, I really sort of like fell into this trap of believing because the arguments when they're laid out by conspiracy theorists are so convincing and they present what appears like evidence to you. 
And it's so easy to fall into a trap and a feedback loop and an echo chamber of wanting more and more and more of that. And all you do is end up uncovering more evidence, so-called evidence to support your position. And it's very hard to stay objective. Now, I've basically been out of that world for a long time now. And this last year, 2020, was a year full of conspiracies. And in general, as I've been talking about on the podcast, truth is something that has been very difficult to grapple with. And I've been talking a lot about the importance of truth and the importance of having some sort of objective reality, right? So I recently reached out to a good friend of mine, Francis Pedraza. Now, if you've been really paying attention to the podcast, you know that he was on the show. Episode, Francis was on episode 25. Francis is the founder of a company called Invisible, and he's also a genius. And he is on a whole nother level, and that was personally one of my favorite episodes, interviews I've ever done. So that was episode 25. I asked Francis because... Around the time of the, the U.S. election, things were getting really crazy in America. Really crazy. And there were a lot of conspiracies floating around. Things like the power is going to shut down. The financial systems are going to crash. Here's who's behind it. So on and so forth. And so I finally, you know, and I don't have time for this stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on, but it was starting to give me some anxiety again. And so I sent one of these videos to Francis. And I was like, Francis, help me understand this. Francis responded by giving me the most incredible breakdown and framework for how to think about conspiracies that I've ever come across. Simple and brilliant. And so I would like to share with you Francis's framework for how to evaluate, how to think about conspiracy theories. So here's the deal. I had sent this video over that was interesting and convincing about what's going on with the election and Mr. T, uh, the the former president and all this kind of stuff. And he responded by sending me a PDF. And in that PDF was 83 pages of Hunter Biden corruption documented by the U.S. Senate, published in September of 2020, I believe, and suppressed by the media and tech. And that's that was his first opening statement. He's like, here's 83 pages of corruption documented by our government, suppressed by our media. And so I will now continue to read what he essentially said to me. So I would, and this is Francis's words, so I would call that conspiracy fact, not theory. Read it and read documents like this to give you a feel for what that might look like. That meaning conspiracy fact. He goes on to say, conspiracies exist. They have always existed throughout history. From the conspiracy to kill Caesar to Watergate and Nixon. And the thing about conspiracies is that coordinating them has never been easier. Given the rise of technology. So like dismissing conspiracy theories just by using that term by itself, isn't intellectually serious. And so I'm going to sort of be reading what he said and adding in my own thoughts here. It's like when we use a blanket statement or blanket argument to shut up an entire uh, series of individual views, that's lazy. 
because we're not taking the time to look at each argument, each point, each piece of evidence, and each thesis. We're just saying these are all people that are conspiracy theorists or these are all uh, conspiracy theories as a whole. And so we're not going to take them seriously. But the proper way to view a conspiracy theory, he goes on to say, is to view it like a prosecutor. A prosecutor. So really, the way you should approach this is like a corruption allegation. There is an allegation of corruption and you as the prosecutor are there to say, so is there evidence? Now, this is where it gets interesting. There are three things you would look for in a legal case like this. The first thing you would look for is motive, then means, and opportunity. So is there a motive for this conspiracy to exist? Is there a means, meaning is there a pathway? Is it is it possible? Is there a way to get there? And is there the opportunity in and of itself, meaning is there a benefit for that person or group of people in order to do so? And then there are four stages of a conspiracy. The four stages are theory, discovery, preponderance of evidence, and then finally, beyond a reasonable doubt. So you might want to rewind that to listen to that part again. Those are the four things. uh, Theory, discovery, preponderance of evidence, and beyond a reasonable doubt. So the Senate document that he had linked me to, which I'm happy to link to as well in the show notes, I will actually, we'll link to that in the show notes, is in the fourth stage which is beyond reasonable doubt. But a more skeptical person, he says, might put that in the third stage, which is preponderance of evidence. Like this this is you know, this is the evidence. And just to give you the actual definition of preponderance because I'm sure many of you are wondering, the quality or fact of being greater in number, quantity or importance. So, there's a uh, enough. <laughs> there there it is great enough and important enough that it is clearly uh, there is a clear amount of evidence in the in the direction to prove the theory, which was stage one. So, ironically, at this point with that Hunter Biden conspiracy, which is conspiracy facts, not conspiracy theory, he says, ironically, it would take a counter conspiracy theory to not see it as true. <laughs> so that so like you would have to be. A conspiracy theorist to say it's not true and go against it. So that's fascinating, right? Now, the Instagram post that I shared, he says, is speculation. So it's in the first stage, in the theory stage. It does not, it does share actual quotes from this guy, Klaus, from the head of WEF. And there are three pieces of supporting evidence in the video. First, an apparently coordinated pattern. First are the are the apparently apparently coordinated patterns of 2020. Second, um, he says, watch WEF's eight things in 2030 video. He then says the, the global reset is a real thing, which I still need to look at. And third, the solar winds cyber attack a month ago was huge. This was sent to me in like January, so that would have been in December. Um, It wiped out half that company's stock value and it compromised the government and tons of Fortune 500 companies and critical infrastructure. So it is not out of the question as a theory. 
but it is still in the theory stage because we do not have, we're not in the stage of discovery or in the stage of preponderance of evidence. In closing, Francis says, in general, if you can build a model of the world that explains events without using conspiracy theories, do it. Occam's razor. But when such models become implausible, you need to get empirical, empirical evidence and empirical thinking and start digging and have an open mind, even if the answers are ultimately scary. So his final point is, look, if you can live in a world and build a model of the world without needing these conspiracy theories, you know, do it. More power to you. But when you start to see these things and when you start to realize that that model that you have for yourself, that these theories do not exist and they start to become implausible, you have to get empirical. If you're going to approach this stuff, you have to get empirical. You have to start digging. You have to approach it like a prosecutor and a corruption allegation, even if the answers are ultimately scary. Life can be scary and approaching these things can be very off-putting and it can begin to shatter your sense of certainty, your sense of reality. That's what makes it scary. If you literally approach this stuff and you look at this Biden corruption and you realize that our current president um, is involved in conspiracy fact and corruption, what are you going to do with that? You have to accept the fact that that the president and his family and so on are or have been involved in these very corrupt things. And that is the fact. And does that lead to other things and other levels of corruption? Maybe, but you need to view those the same way and build up the evidence and get empirical about it and look at it as a corruption allegation. And always ask yourself, what is the evidence and make sure that there's a preponderance of evidence. So be careful out there with all these conspiracy theories. There's plenty of them. That the earth is flat. That the world's going to end. That there's an Illuminati or many of them. That there's a lot of things that might happen or are happening. But the point is, it's challenging. It takes courage. It really does take courage to step into this arena and view these things properly. But the purpose of this episode was to give you a framework and to begin to share as a community some of these thoughts, some of these concerns, some of these feelings that we might have. And if we're going to talk about it, like you and I, I want to make sure that we're thinking logically and rationally about it. I don't want this to turn into one of these, you know, um, situations where we're being too loose about it because that's what I see way too much of. I don't want to be on one extreme where I'm an anti-conspiracy theorist because that would take literally a conspiracy theory of its own to go against some of these facts. And I also don't want to be on the other side of just fucking flinging around conspiracy theories without preponderance of evidence, without understanding that you need motive, you need means, you need opportunity and that there are four stages. You need theory, you need discovery, you need preponderance of evidence, and you need to be you need to be sold that this is true beyond a reasonable doubt. That's the framework I would like to use. Thank you, Francis Pedraza. Absolute brilliant guy. 
amazing friend for that framework. And I will close out by saying thank you for being here. Um, there are a multitude of videos now posted to YouTube. We're doing all kinds of clips. You'll, sh you'll see them uh, right after this video. Make sure to watch some more. Make sure to subscribe to the channel and uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's going to be interesting to see how uh, the future of all this stuff plays out in terms of content, but I am committed. I am doubling down. And uh, I am uh, on a new journey with my uh, new startup idea that I have not talked about, but I will be documenting that journey um, through the content and sharing because I'm going down a very different path this time. Um, and I'll leave it at that. Take care of yourselves. Much love. Peace.